This is the show, Procrastination Pals. We talk about who's what, when's, why's, and how's. Two best friends with solid gold hearts. We record our thoughts, observations, and farts. I'll get around to the backing track later. Procrastination Pals. Procrastination Pals is your procrastination companion for what you're doing when you should be doing something else. I am the superintendent of procrastination, Ooh. Dan Morganti. And I'm Josh. No title again. Still no title, man. I just don't need it. Cool. Not qualified. Okay, so this week on Procrastination Pals, what have you been up to in procrastination? Uh, procrastination, well, um, this week, again, it's been it's been a nice and quiet one, but uh, it does look like things are going to start to pick back up with work, which is good. Um, currently been on the JobKeeper government payments, so I haven't had to be at work for since March 30th. At, at this stage, which is fucking long now that uh, I yeah. think about it's it. It's a long it's time. It's crazy yeah. how, how, how quickly that's sort of gone by. Um, but bars and restaurants and cafes, I think at the moment, are allowed to have 20 people inside as of the 1st of June. And uh, with, our, with the bar that I work at, they're looking at trying to figure out a way to open it back up because we don't strictly do food. We're still on the, on the back end of that. So we're not able to open and have 20 people inside unless taking bookings for, for, for food, which we, we've never done and, and probably won't do. Um, but they're going to do the takeaways. So been had a couple of small chats with the venue manager and the owners and they're saying, um, we'll probably get back and do a bit of stock take stuff. But it's, it's basically maybe one day a week trying to figure out how to set up and potentially reopen. But it, it, it's nice to think that we'll be able to get back to, to work soon enough, really. Sick. And for yourself? Um. I procrastinated with uh, Shadow of War, Middle Earth Shadow of War, which is a video Ooh. game uh, where you play as a ranger who is also inhabited by a wraith. So they're kind of like semi-possessed, I guess. In any case, it's a game. The The real star of this game is the Nemesis system where you're building an army of orcs that all have personalities and names and different attributes and stuff like that. And you have Nemesis missions where you fight them and stuff like that. It is really fun but i got to the end of my tether with it because i was going for the platinum trophy which i got last night so oh congratulations yeah saying it's quite the that is more uh adulation than is deserved for getting a platinum trophy on a playstation game well obviously you didn't note the sarcasm yeah i definitely did not and now my feelings are hurt (laughs) but yeah i procrastinated with that and i loved it right up until the end where i was just frustrated with it and just wanted to get it done yeah but that's what i did uh, yeah, so this week we are talking about jobs, jobs we've had, uh, jobs that we've procrastinated at and jobs that we've procrastinated with, which is a little bit more of a complicated topic, but... We'll, um, we'll dive into that. Yeah. Um, so we've just worked on lists of jobs that we've both had and they're... And the two of us have had quite a few. And it's extensive and somewhat ridiculous yeah. for some of them. And, uh, I, and I think I've actually forgotten a couple. Oh, I definitely have. But so uh, we've been of legal employment age for nearly 15, 15 years. years. Yeah. Fucking hell. 15 years. We're getting old, dude. Um, and so the what the, the legal age in Australia is what? 15 and a half or something like that? I remember when I was... It's strange. It's not when like I was year. 14, 15, the, the, they would say it's 14 and nine months or something ridiculous like that, but I didn't get a job until oh, I was why? like just over 15. Just make it 15. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, first job. What was yours? 
my first job was McDonald's. I'll go through the list of all the jobs I've Mac had. Right. I'll, I'll we'll just roll up and we'll come back to the first. All right. So first job I ever had, McDonald's, uh, which we'll talk about after this. But then I worked at Bunnings. I was a landscaper. I was a bricklayer. Uh, also, the some of these uh, things, uh, time periods that I've worked at them range from... Three months? Well, let's say maximum five years to yep. a day. Like uh, Oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. So, this is just stuff I've done for cash, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so, first job, McDonald's, Bunnings, landscaping, bricklaying. That's the one I did for a day. <laughs> oh, I thought that's why you stopped there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, carpet laying, uh, general laboring. I've done uh, labor hire stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've worked in supermarkets, in liquor departments and filling the shelves and things like that. Uh, I've been a chairlift operator at a snowfield. I've been a snowboard instructor at a snowfield. Uh, I sold the Miracle Whisk at the Melbourne show for a few days. I remember this, yeah. Terrible. Uh, I was a baggage handler at the airport. Uh, I've been a valet driver, a truck driver, a forklift driver. Um, I've been a stage builder, so building stage for stages for events in arenas. Um, and currently now I'm an audio engineer and an event rigger. Audio engineer only casually at mm-hmm. uh, a radio station and event rigging in arenas and stuff around the moment, although not much chop at the moment because all events are closed down because of coronavirus. Nothing going on. Yeah. Extensive. So th- th- yeah, and I'm sure I've missed a few things yeah. there. I, now that you've rattled off yours, I'm like, oh, I've definitely forgotten a couple. But mm. um, So the first, starting from the top, uh, first job I ever had was at working at the cinemas in Sunbury, which was a good, fun little job. Uh, from there, I've been a pool lifeguard, a laborer of varying degrees and different versions, just as yourself. Uh, I've sold, done wine sales at the airport. I've been a kickboxing instructor, gym administrator, uh, multiple bar work stuff, um, sheet metal factory, done a little bit of welding, sports coordinator at a remote school in the Northern Territory, and retail. Retail. And again, currently working in a bar and look, some of the, the acting. A- acting. Oh, yeah, yeah, also, I'm employed as an actor as well. You, you, you definitely are. You've been in... Uh, I remember the, your Things. first acting gig, uh, McDonald's ad, where you threw a pickle against the window. Yes, yeah. sir. I yeah. remember that too. Well, yeah, you got paid for it and you worked in it, so... Hell yeah, and I yeah. still am. Still yeah. getting paid. Yeah, that's good. fantastic. All right, so we'll talk about our first jobs then. Uh, mine being McDonald's and I've just got to say... Maccas. I loved it. I am really yeah. The glasses that I am looking at this through are severely rose tinted. Yeah, but it's just because I think it was my first job. So I'm 15. I started earning my own money so I could buy my own things, mm-hmm. which was video games at the time. I spent, still is. I spent almost every paycheck on video games, and still is. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm a yep. grown man still spending How an inordinate amount of my income on video games, uh, and yeah, it was like the most fun I ever had in my life because. There was a little bit of responsibility, mm-hmm. but not much. It oh. was like, it was like dipping the toe into responsibility. Right, it was the veneer of responsibility. Yeah. And because uh, I did it in summary where we're both from. Mm-hmm. Shout out. Their hiring policy was to hire a lot of students, a lot of young younger kids. So between 15 and 18 because they get paid less, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and it was good for the the town, I think, in general, because a lot of uh, young adults were a able heap, to... I think a, a good chunk, good percentage of mm. young, ki- young kids from where we grew up, their first job was McDonald's yeah. or, or one of the other takeaway chains. Like yeah. That was KFC in, in town. Hungry yeah. Jacks. But also, I think there was a great cross-section of 
kids there from around Sunbury. So, mm. because it's a workplace as well, there's no bullying. Like, not a, like not like on a yeah. schoolyard. So, it's kind of like it kind of equalized everyone who was working there. No one, sure, there were cliques like any workplace, but it was less brutal than high school. Uh, and it like kind of made everyone friendly. So, there was people from yeah, different- Lessons in respect as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but there were people from different schools and different groups of friends from the same school. And it was, yeah, it was really good to just get along with everyone, I guess. Well, there were definitely people who didn't like me for oh, of course. a lot of reasons that looking back on now, I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't have liked me either. Like, I was, uh, hell yeah. I was a turd. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was. And always the one older manager. There was always, yeah, one older manager. Who just... But for the most part as well, managers were like 18 to 19-year-olds who were working mm. there when they were 15 and then started going to uni and like, well, I may as well just keep this job because it's it's easy and I can study while I'm doing it. Broken down, man. And they often did not care. Like they were... They would obviously do their job and make sure that the store was running. They're finally getting out, getting educated, getting fucked and getting a drink. Yep, that's it. <laughs> so, you know, all of a sudden the burgers yeah. take a back seat. Well, for me, not really. I'm, not that I was ever a manager, but mm. as uh, uncouth as this makes my Here we go. my eating habits seem, I love McDonald's and I still love McDonald's. Like, yeah. uh, nothing better than a Big Mac and fries and a Coke. Like I did after after talking about Super Size Me in one of the recent episodes, I, I did eat, have a large quarter pound of meal whilst watching the documentary. And oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. It was good. I was like, oh, look at this fat piece of shit. That's gross. <laughs> <laughs> More fries. Yeah, delicious though. Yeah. So as as a first job, it was it was a good introduction to uh, working life, I think, and just f- good fun all around. Like we had uh, huge Christmas parties as well. The owner of the store owned several other stores as well from other suburbs and neighboring neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the end of the year, they would put on a huge Christmas party where they'd have 500 people there. And so oh, it was, yeah. And being 15, they were very lax on the liquor Keeping license. On that, yeah. yeah. So being 15, going to this, getting into a suit and going to this Christmas party and getting drunk was a lot of fun. A heap of fun. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, great, great first job. What about you? Yeah, I loved mine as well. The cinemas was great. Um, obviously... Uh, I kind of got the job. My sister had worked there. She, we never crossed paths, didn't work together. But um, Abby being the responsible and uh, wonderful person that she is, um, they kind of just hired me straight away, just knowing that she put down the groundwork and, and I, I got to kind of just tear it know. down. Um, but a great job. Uh, heap of fun. You basically, I mean, obviously with my love of films and all things film, um, it was awesome. Got to sort of be there, um, check out movies, get to see the f- free. And then, you know, we'd have like midnight screenings of say the the new Batman or the new Harry Potter came out and like everyone that worked there, we'd go there at midnight, have eight of us and just watch this brand new blockbuster, um, free popcorn and all that kind of stuff. I used to love it. Yeah. And the popcorn was always a great perk as well. I'd just sort of take a, a little handful every, every now and then when I walk past it. OH&S, probably not great. But uh, it was tasty. And I, and I did also love... I think I probably got you in for free a bunch of times. Oh, the, yeah. I Every was going to mention this. that And well after you finished working there, like you never officially quit, 
Mm. But you always got a free you always got free movie tickets to whatever movie you wanted to go see for you and a friend. I got that clout, baby. So we would go three times in a weekend. We'd go on a Friday night and then a Saturday and a Sunday if, like There's that not was, much to do on Sunday. Yeah. Well, there is when you have free movie tickets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we saw a lot of movies from that time from 20, 20, 2005 to like 2010. I reckon we saw every movie that every came film. out that we wanted to see. Like, yeah. And why not? Yeah. Know? So that was, that was, uh, that and was it's a also perk. a really great, um, good secondary perk for me for yeah, having you work yeah, there. Exactly. Yeah. Other than just having an awesome friend. Um, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck you too. Uh, great atmosphere to work in though because it's all very like, you know, you, I'm glad I never worked at a fast food joint. Obviously, I, I, like, I'm surprised that you enjoyed it so much but it just felt a lot more hectic and, and, and jarring. Like it's, you know, it's fucking bright lights, a heap of noise going on, a lot of different smells, like, like a lot of stimulation. Whereas the movies were such a, it's it's dulled a lot of carpeted walls, you know, soundproof areas. Um, the projection room is always like a really fun thing to sort of be witness to and be up in. I always loved that. Um, but just a very calm workspace. And you only had to deal with people for thirty minutes at a time when oh, yeah. movies were starting, yeah. and then you could just sweep and I'm just going and stick your head in and yeah. Eat, I remember eat, eat more popcorn. I remember seeing a picture of you at work mm-hmm. where you'd made a miniature chock top where you just cut the bottom off a uh, cone and yeah. then put a little bit of ice cream in it and then put the chock top and it looked like you were either giant or that chock top was massive. <laughs> well, the things you do for fun. Yeah. Um, so, how did you procrastinate at your job other than the aforementioned tiny chock top? Uh, well, yeah, tiny chock tops was was a fun one. Like the, the making chock tops. Um, look, it, the, the fun of it wears off with any job, obviously. Um, particularly if there isn't much space for upward trajectory. Um, so a lot of the time, I feel like at that job, look, I would, I think fucking around with the food and not like. <laughs> Just pissing in the popcorn. Not, yeah, not, not like that, but like I, I do um, like a double load of the popcorn where it would be double the um, butter, double the salt. And just mess around ah, with okay. the things, and then like making the pop, the chalk tops would be a similar thing. See how like to get them just perfectly spherical, and like you know you want that ad chalk top going on. Um, but the easiest one, obviously, being in the cinemas, is to just stand in the in the aisle and watch a bit of the film. Like you just stand there and check it out. Um, that was always the easy way out. Like a more in depth preview. Will I want to go see this Definitely. after I've seen this? Slice or try and trying to make sure you knew which moments were going to be important to the film. So, like, if I didn't want to see it, I'd have to time myself and make sure I hit it sort of on those right moments. But, um, yeah, just standing there and watching a lot of people, but even like a fun one was during the film to go, you know, the usher comes in, they walk in, you know, pretend they're looking at everyone, but actually watching the people in the crowd and like people do some fucked up things in cinemas. I remember seeing one. Um, there was a couple, they would have been middle-aged, maybe 50s. And I walk in, I can't remember what the movie was, but I'm there at 19 and it's a huge cinema. So that, you know, the, the middle row in the aisle kind of, um, and this guy is just going to town on her finger and her, like she's spread out, like just 
were wide it, open gate. Was there legs on the seats in front, like a no, stirrups no, no, at a doctor's no, 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 surgery? No, heels on the floor, but just <laughs> what? Heels on the floor, like oh, sitting, okay, yeah. but just. You I thought you said he was on the floor. No, <laughs> like, just really getting some um, leverage power behind it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, again, like me at nineteen, and this is during the credits, and I had to sit there and wait. <laughs> Because like I'm waiting to get go up and clean, and he is just flanging her flanges, like just going at it. Flanges, flanges of fingers, aren't they? Flange, isn't that your that elbow skin? No, that, that's a weenus. Ah, weenus, yeah. Yeah, I didn't see his weenus, but he I saw some pips. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was a bajoina. Um, yeah, so that was odd. But and then finding condoms every now and then, I'm just like, how do you fuck in a place like this? Yeah. I guess that's that's some that's how some people get off. Yeah, good on. yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, similar uh, in McDonald's, like messing with the food, not for public consumption. Yeah, but just like, what if I just put these nuggets in the microwave with cheese and sauce and onions and making nugget nachos? Uh, did a lot of that. Did a lot of uh, pickle flicking and cheese flicking. So pickle flicking. So yeah, pickle nice. flicking, where you flick a pickle onto someone's back and see how long they walk around with a pickle on their back. Amazing. Um. Did once use degreaser, and if you know anything about degreaser, is that it's very greasy and <laughs> <laughs> it is. that's ironic. It's um, we put some on the floor and we would run and start sliding in it, so mm, yeah, to, yeah, towards the back area. So there was a corral area where all the dumpsters and stuff were. We opened up the back door and ran from the stovetop area down the hallway. And then jumped and slid in the degreaser out the out the door into the <laughs> dumpster area, and I did this one time. Cracked your head? Oh yeah, like not my head, but I came down hard. hard. I got horizontal because I started sliding before I hit the degreaser, so I had some momentum, and then my feet picked up more momentum from the degreaser and went straight. I was horizontal for. Ugh. Several seconds and then la- I winded myself. I reckon that's probably one of the last times I've ever winded myself. Winding yourself was horrible. So that was some way, one way we procrastinated. One time, I remember... Slightly more dangerous. Uh, there was a, a gold medal pudding. It was for one of the Olympics and it was a pudding like a, a chocolate lava cake almost. It, so it had a cake with like a dollop of fudge in there. Sure. And we were meant to microwave it and like put ice cream on it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's a really decadent dessert. But... I just went into the... I took one, <laughs> went into the boys' bathroom and just Quick. threw it onto the roof and it stuck there. <laughs> How long was it there for? Three days. And Shit. Then, and then a, a manager came out and said, hey, someone's thrown a, a pudding onto the roof. Can you please go out there and... Did you have to remove it? it? Yeah. Good and they're justice. Like, we, we don't know who it is looking at me like, we know who it is, we just can't prove it. Yeah, we know it was you, dickhead. And I went out there with a broom and just <laughs> smacked it once off the top and it left a huge chocolate smear on the roof. <laughs> Looked like someone had thrown a piece of shit up there oh, or something. Oh, God, shit at different jobs. Yeah. I, I'm always blown away. I think every every like service job I've had where you, you're dealing with people mm. or that has a toilet, some people just never learn how to shit. I don't think I've, I've ever done one at a so so at, as a lifeguard at every bar at the cinemas, in retail, all of those jobs. If there's a toilet in there, I, I haven't had any one of those jobs where there's been some heinous toilet action. Mm. I imagine the one at the uh, swimming pool is just well, they can hose this down. Oh so. my god, that was the worst. So yeah. I'll, I'll tell the story, but um, 
so work as a lifeguard, obviously, again, you, it, it's filthy. I, I, I hate, I've had a f- hate for public pools since since working there through, through my time. I don't like the smell of chlorine. It's just, it's so, it's more disgusting than people realize. It's gross. Someone's like Code Brown was someone's shit in the pool, little kids, nappy split. And then we would get charts um, of the different variations of shits and what to do and how to handle it when it's in the pool. No way. Yeah. So the 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 lower end of- What's the protocol for <clears throat> little plinkers? A bunch of little so animals. That's about middle on the spectrum. The, the, lo- the lowest form is just log. <laughs> if you get a log or it's a solid, you're good. You scoop just it. scoop it out, chuck it out, quick um, hyperdose of bleach in that area, and you're good to go. Everyone's still fine. It's when you start to get broken up particles. It's more dangerous. You have to find a way to actually siphon it out, filter it out. And then the worst one is liquid. So if it's diarrhea. just diarrhea, if it's just a cloud, you have to right, evacuate the pool, um, superdose the, the chlorine through the filter system and have that go for half an hour. Ugh. So if someone just has diarrhea and squirts, every, everybody, the pool, pool party's over, baby. That's get out. rotten. Um, but the one I do, yeah, the the one that was actually in the bathroom that was the most um, scarring was a, and credit to this guy that came up and told me, he, he was with his young daughter and came up and, and was apologetic and saying, look, man, I, I know this, this isn't really your job. It is, but I know this isn't the part of it that, you know, you're really here to do. I'm like, well, I'm not saving lives, so what is it, baby? Um, and he goes, look, mate, that, using his words, mate, that fat dude has just gone in there and fucking ruined that toilet. And I'm like, and this guy was severely obese. Um, And I was like, all right, cool, whatever. Sort of give him the side eye. I'm obviously not going to shame him for it, but whatever. And and I go in there and there is a fist-sized cookie dough consistency shit stuck to the side of the bowl like ju- like, 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 a, like a fist it's protruding that much it's just like it look, looks like someone taking a mud pie and just like whoik, and it just stuck no and like thick and I was like Jesus Christ the smell was ridiculous and then so I thought how do I okay right flush 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 nothing the toilet brush the, the head of the toilet brush was smaller than the specimen in the bowl so what I did was I got the fire hose, dragged it from outside by the pool into the toilet because this was in the disabled toilet. So it was, I could stand quite a way back, turn it on, not too powerful and just direct it straight at the shit and think, I'll just, hopefully it'll just come off and I'll be able to just flush it. It then hits the shit and instead of just like it flushing it away, it bores a hole into the center of the shit until it's just like a donut size and I have to like move it side to side and it's just like it's it's drilling into this thing rather than it doing anything else the, the, I was impressed by the consistency I thought this is thick I don't know how long he's had it in him but yeah That's that was a time horrible yeah so. well to continue with the poop theme let's go uh, baggage handling at the airport so right. it was also our responsibility to do the waste and water service so when a plane's up in the air they have toilets and they have water and you have to refill the water and empty the toilets. Right. And I was on toilet duty and I work for the worst company. 
I don't, I don't know the, the legality of like saying their name or anything like well, that. Well, let's just leave a bit. They, they were subcontractors to a budget airline. Let's just call them uh, Lion Air. Sure. Or Moonjet. Yeah. Um, and so they're a budget airline. So we were the lowest bidder basically to get this right. contract. And their equipment was the worst maintained equipment. So to un- undo the to to empty the waste tank, they they had a it was basically a reformatted ute. It had a huge tank on the back to carry the waste. You'd reverse the the ute up to the plane. It had a raisable platform on the back, so you'd get in it, push the up button, it'd take you up, and there was a hose attached to it, like all this apparatus. You'd undo it all. Uh, you'd screw on the hose, so it had a fitting on the end that was basically like a double lock click system where you just put it on, click, click, and it was on. Like it didn't, it wasn't a screw cap or anything. Yeah. And then you'd pull the pull the release valve, and it'd all just come through and. And it was like sort of see-through, but not so you just see like... And it's, I mean, it's all yeah. blue liquid anyway, but... You get the idea. Anyway, uh, this equipment was so badly maintained that it didn't have the click-click. Like you had to put it on, clear, is that on? You'd kind of shake it and jiggle yeah. it. And their their recommendation was, oh, just hold on to it. Make sure you don't let go. Ugh. But of course, you can't. You've got to pull the, the release valve and all that kind of stuff. And also the, the, the power of... The, yeah, the, 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 the volume of fluid coming yeah. through it would sort of put it off. Yeah. Um, so I'm guessing you can, you understand where I this is going. Yeah. So I pull the release valve. The nozzle is probably at around my chest, uh, chest height. Uh, I pull the release valve and it's going fine for maybe 30 seconds. And then it just burst off and a river of piss and shit and blue uh. cleaning liquid hit me in the like stomach area and like all down my legs and no. in my boots and uh yeah and the worst part about it is to stop it you have to put your hand through a flowing river of shit to turn off the valve. Oh, That's good engineering. Uh, <laughs> oh so God. yeah I had to put my hand through this flowing river of shit to turn off this valve and then afterwards to add insult to injury had to clean it all up. So it's contaminated oh, the the runway or not the runway like the, the parking area, area for aircraft and my manager who was the roughest guy like he mm. was missing teeth and just the biggest bogan guy he wasn't even wearing gloves he's just like come on we got it he was so worried like the pressure is on yeah, to get yeah, yeah. planes in and out uh that he was like he just wanted to get it all cleaned up and then yeah. <laughs> then later i saw him eating a sandwich in the crew oh, room just God, like, bro. i'm like i hope you wash your hands man and it was in there just like eating the sanger job well done yeah got that done today but uh other than that uh that was that's the worst pooping experience I've ever had at a job, and there wasn't much opportunity to pro- procrastinate at that job. They were yeah. they're one of those companies that was like looks over your shoulder and accounts for every minute. Like what I understand to be working at a call center is like I've never actually worked at one, but you hear stories about they log your bathroom breaks and dock your pay for that kind of stuff. And that was this is one of those companies, so wasn't much opportunity to procrastinate, I guess. Like riding the buggies around the yeah. the tarmac and stuff like that well, was pretty fun. But we're looking at that. We're almost looking at it as the the fun part of a job feels like procrastinating. Yeah. I think it's like, and, and that'd be the great thing, you know, when people that kind of annoying saying, but like if you if you work doing something 
if you do something you love, you never work a day in your life. And I, I could imagine that being a thing. Like if I, if I genuinely enjoyed and loved my job all the time, it would feel like I wasn't like, particularly in these menial jobs where, you know, it's, it's not as important as a, a career or it's, you know, goal oriented. But if you feel like you're sort of getting away by like, like, Oh, I'm not really getting anything, not really doing anything or this is enjoyable. Um, it, it sort of, it's strange that that feels like procrastinating when you're just actually doing the fun part of the job. And I suppose that leads into the next topic of this uh, episode, which is like procrastinating with jobs. So the way we all have hopes and dreams when you're a kid, you want to be a, an astronaut or a policeman or whatever. And I guess we've both been in this situation where we want to work on things that we that are difficult to uh, attain. It's easy to get a job. Um, driving a forklift because it costs you 400 bucks you can get your forklift license and get a job easy as and also you've got less stake in the the getting of the job because you don't really care if you get it like if you fail at something that you really want to do that hurts so I guess like we've both procrastinated with jobs that we didn't that were going against the grain of the the careers that we wanted to have well I, I think it, none not really any of those jobs that I've mentioned helped me <laughs> evolve professionally as an actor. And that was what I, and still, you know, do want to do. Um, but it's like, I, I think it, the acting thing is, is so vague just because it's like any of those, like you just look at life experience as being worthwhile. Like in the more people that you meet and look, there's, there's personal growth in that just through life experience and, and understanding a little more about other people's lives and what they go through. And, um, I do think always my fear had always been, and I think it's why I've had so many jobs, um, is to change, change these, that my employment, every couple of years for fear of getting too comfortable by doing something that is, you know, like a part-time thing. It's like, I'm only doing this to help with what I want to do. And you, so many people get in, in the trap of believing that and then just it becomes their career by default. I remember particularly at the sheet metal factory and I think it's a lot of, with a lot of like labor jobs, um, there's a certain breed of, Australians who get into that job um, and you know just just working class people basically but because they can get paid well they do I think this is where I think a lot of bogan racism and hatred and sexism and racism uh, comes from I think you're uh, I said racism racism twice, twice, but they, they know, do double up on terrible. it quite, they double up on it um, comes from these jobs because they they have you know, they, they go to school, they, a lot of them get married quite young, um, they take out a mortgage on a house, they get this job, and then they do all of these things, and a lot of these guys are just fucking miserable. Um, they don't enjoy what they're doing so much, you know, there's not a lot of, the, the ones who do have passion and pride in what they do are genuinely much more easygoing and affable and, and, and kind people. But the ones who are just doing it just because like, fuck, I played by the rules. I've done everything that society's told me to do, but I got married. I got a girl. I had kids. I got the house. I, like, I got this job and I'm putting it down and I'm still not fucking happy. Like miserable. Some, uh, there was one guy that I used to work with that, who would have a bong. Um, the kind of guy that would have it once every one, a, one every two hours. 
a smoke break and but the and the same a smoke break. Same, yeah exactly the same kind of guy that would wake up at 2am and have a bong and go back to sleep rough but I think he like people like him resent when they see um, people from like, like people people who immigrate and work hard and get great jobs and um, sort of value the options and value the the um, potential of the life that surrounds them um, and then take hold of that and appreciate what they have around them. Whereas these guys sort of haven't appreciated the freedom that they've had and now have gotten stuck in this job for too long and they look around and see someone else um, and it's hard to learn new skills. Like, oh, for sure. Like the, we've done enough jobs, started enough jobs to know starting a new job is the worst because you don't know what you're doing. You don't know the people. The, you may not have the necessary skills, so you've got to develop those. So it's it's really hard to start a new job or to like start anything new really. And so. particularly if you're, you have a family and a mortgage. Like, like to, to, to make that fresh start um, is, would be terrifying. Because you just like you and, and you're trapped, and then you become trapped. And then, look, a, a lot of these guys probably, you know, any any of them that might have had, because none of them are none of them are gay, yeah. you know what I mean. But some of them may have been grew up in in a, in a slightly more homophobic time, and then they become homophobic themselves because maybe they thought about fucking one of their friends. Maybe they thought you know they were in love with another man for a little while, but couldn't express that, and now they see someone with the freedom and rightfully so the freedom to express that and live their life. And then there's resentment towards that again. It's like seeing the freedom that they've had, but not utilizing it makes these people quite hateful, which is a shame. I never, yeah, considered that that's one of the stems or the roots of I would think where so. these things come from. But, and yeah, that's just I, like I something from my it. experience that I believe, but yeah, I'm not sure. Well, like I've, I've been thinking a lot lately about procrastinating or just getting a, a job that isn't your career. Um, yeah, like I said, it's it's easy to like get fired from a job that you don't really care about. Like it would be much harder to do that for something that you're passionate about and actually want to make your career. And I've been thinking about there's there really is no shame in or like there's no need to be upset with a job that you're in that you don't necessarily want to do, but you can like there's enjoyable aspects to it. Like no job of is course. ever going to be 100% enjoyable. But I've been thinking about that with like event rigging. I don't want to do it my entire life, but I actually like enjoy it. And if I did end up doing it my entire life, uh, I could really like get into the nitty gritty of it, become a better rigger, um, become more mechanically minded. I think there's opportunity to, to take pride in it. And I think it comes down to a lot of what like how you want to spend your time like because i think a lot of people fall into the the trap of being miserable and then stay in that cycle of oh, i hate my job but i've got to pay off pay off my mortgage and support my kids and when really like you just need to change your frame of mind say totally. I, this may not be what i want to do but if i what's the most enjoyable aspect about this can i if you're like you're talking about welders if you can weld something like do the perfect world. Can you just work on doing the perfect world? Find the art in it. Yeah. For, I, like, think, I think whatever you do, if and, you can find that passion. And I think a lot of society says, oh, follow your dreams and, you know, you've got to um, have lots of money it's and be very super romantic. Fa- yeah. When there, there should be like a mediocre life or just a, like the average life is fantastic. Like you you work eight hours a day, but you get to go home to your family. You like you can go to the movies. You, you can fly overseas and eat a pizza at the first pizza restaurant or you, the options available to you outside of your career are, uh, 
immense. Immense with just a mediocre life with a absolutely and if so you can I just find i think that finding the comfort in that and just knowing that of yourself yeah is if you can find that you're, you're set to, to be happy you'll find your happiness and you'll find the joy there's one guy down at there's a 7-eleven down the road where there's there's this one gentleman that works uh he's probably 60 um of like of Greek descent, I think he seems like. Um, but every time I go into that Seven Eleven and he's done the stock, everything is perfect. Like labels are facing perfectly forward. It looks like a set. It's just beautiful. And I just, I've just got so much respect for him for that. Like, just he takes pride in his work. And is, is he a happy guy? Like whenever he, he's, he's great. He's always, always chatty always friendly and again just takes pride in what he does yeah. and and it, I, I like i just fucking got mad respect for that dude for for, for for finding that in something that someone else might look at and be like that's oh, a shit job you know yeah. but he's he's found his niche and he's and he's making it fucking work yeah that's, that's good and i think the the on the other hand from this as well is that if even if you do have higher aspirations like everyone's got to pay bills but if you have higher aspirations and it takes work and dedication and time to achieve them but you're also working on the side that you should be like putting in effort with the work that you're not invested in but um i think you'll you'll find your your life more enjoyable by finding what you like about the work that you're currently doing while working towards what you your ultimate goal and see how you can make that job work for you like, like, like I, I often think that like you have to make the job work for you in a way. Like even if you're doing it and you're, you know, it's a struggle or it's a hard job or you're doing it to get to something else or be someone else, you have to make that job work for you the best that you can. So whatever, you know, you have to keep it goal-oriented. Like if, if, it's, if it's mostly about the money, you can do that. If it's mostly about connections, utilize that. If, you know, if there's avenues to make it, to keep your mind on track that this is a part-time thing and it is – I'm doing this to help me get to somewhere else. You have to keep that mentally engaged because as soon as you sort of forget that, like, and then you just, it just beats you down and, and you become soft, I think, sort of for that drive that you need to actually sort of be like, no, this is, I'm doing this for this. It's like study, you know what I mean? Like some jobs you're just doing, it's just like, you're just studying, but I'm doing this to get to somewhere else. I, and I remember the the point where for me, it was just about, trying to work like get the job done and work hard i remember being like at mcdonald's as i was talking about before i wasn't a very good worker like i was saying people didn't like me because they would have to work harder when i was there because i was useless and then like life hits you and you actually have to get a job and responsibility and um, you got to pay bills and i remember i was working i got a job as a carpet layer through a mutual friend and i worked with him and like a great bloke we're still good friends to this day and doing carpet laying the days were taking so long like i would check my phone check the time at 9 30 and go oh there's still five and a half hours of this day to go and day after day it would take so much longer to get through the day and one day i was just like why do i feel so shitty every day and i was like trying to just like pass off responsibility or you know avoid doing any of the work and i realized that if i just focused on the job and actually tried to do a good job, the day went way faster and I had way more fun. And I actually, and I was always enjoying my time talking with 
my friend Pat, but um, it was... And it, it improves the it improves people around you as yeah, well. Yeah, it improves like um, the relationships with people because they see that you want to work hard. and Because and I do think it's the one thing at any job is I don't have to like you. We don't have to get along, you know, but we ha- you have to have that respect for each other. And all you have to do for me to enjoy working with you is don't make my job harder. That's it. If you can make it easier by helping and doing extra stuff, amazing. But like in my mind, I'm like, as long as I... The Michael I'm Jordan work, philosophy. Uh, yeah. I'm going to work to the best of my ability, n- make sure I don't make, get, you know, don't get in anyone's way, don't make anyone's shit worse. And if I can make, do small things to make other people's lives easier, then it's just, it's the best thing for everyone. Mm, absolutely. I think, uh, I think we've struck gold on this one, like this... Uh vocalizing what we've been thinking oh, about, for sure. about our careers and or jobs that we've had and yeah, stuff. Now, so. we, now we just need to get back to work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll forget about this by the time it happens. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's a good cap to the episode. Um, yeah, so I've, I've been Dan. I've been Josh. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Bye.